The following program does not offer personal medical advice. Please consult your doctor before using any treatment or product we cover. Welcome to Go to Health Radio with your host, Jonathan Marks. We provide a welcoming environment where experts educate you on important health topics, answer your questions, and provide information from which you can benefit in consultation with your doctor. And now, here is Jonathan Marks. So I'll bet those of you who are listening or watching today have known somebody who's had difficulty getting pregnant or maybe they've gone through a number of miscarriages and it's it's such a difficult path and it can really cause a lot of pain and distress. I'm talking with somebody today who's got a wonderful solution for this. And if you know somebody who's having trouble or you yourself are having trouble, I highly recommend our guest to you today. Her name is Gabriela Rosa. She's a naturopathic doctor and a master's in public health. She's the founder and director of the Rosa Institute, an organization dedicated to improving clinical results and advancing scientific knowledge in reproductive medicine to help couples create healthy babies despite previous challenges. Since 2001, Gabriella and her team of clinicians blend evidence-based science into a holistic, supportive, and education-focused approach to fertility treatment. Her unique fertile method is shown to deliver an over 80% live birth rate. That's incredible. An 80% live birth rate for couples who have previously experienced infertility and miscarriage, as well as previously failed treatments. Gabriella and her team have now provided reproductive education and empowerment to over 140,000 couples in more than 110 countries worldwide. That is every continent on this globe. And as a world-renowned fertility specialist, author, and host of the Fertility Challenge program, Gabriella has translated her over two decades worth of knowledge and experience into four books on natural fertility solutions, including two bestsellers. And her latest book is Fertility Breakthrough, Overcoming Infertility and Recurrent Miscarriage. So Gabriella, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on here. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. I'm fabulous. Thank you for hosting this amazing podcast because it, it, I feel people really need the guidance and the understanding about these important topics. So right. thank you. And before I forget her website is fertilitybreakthrough.com. So you can visit there after the show. So Gabriella, one of my first questions is for couples who are experiencing infertility or repeated miscarriages, what are some of the stories they have before they come to you? What process have they been through? What difficulty have they been through? That's a really great question. And the majority of our patients have been through multiple years of infertility. In fact, our program typically supports couples who have experienced at least two years of infertility or experienced miscarriages over that time frame without a successful pregnancy or live birth. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, the, the, the stories that I get are so varied. You know, I had once a lady who came to me who had been told by three different doctors in three different clinics that she would never conceive with her own eggs because she had, you know, quote, unquote, 
poor quality eggs. And mm. the, one of the doctors even said to her, look, it's going to be very unlikely that you're even going to conceive with donor egg because you're like, the lining of your endometrium is so thin and it's not responding to drugs. So, you know, you're probably just better off adopting. And, of course, as you can imagine, as a woman who wants nothing more than to be pregnant and to have a baby, sure. uh, that was quite devastating news to her. And she wanted to find something more than that kind of prediction or prognosis and so she found us and she had a conversation with me initially her husband was quite um skeptical you know of the because he had already paid for so many uh failed treatments that he was like well how's this going to be any different right. but she was quite clear you know in terms of what she wanted and she wanted to give it a a good try at least to know that she had done everything she possibly could to leave nothing to chance and no stone unturned. And so a few months after we initially discussed, you know, her situation and their situation as a couple, she ended up joining the program and, you know, did all the things that we needed them to do and they were very compliant in the treatment. You know, we don't expect perfection by any means from, from the people who come to us, but sure. they do need to be able to implement, you know, the recommendations that are going to support the outcome that they want to create. And, you know, in doing that, they, of course, conceived and his sperm was actually not, uh, you know, despite the fact that she was just being focused on throughout treatment, you know, with, with the different doctors that she had seen as being told that she had poor quality eggs, he, her husband's sperm was actually very below average. Hmm. And, you know, in fact, abnormal in many parameters and nothing had been said of that throughout the journey, you know, but yeah. um, we were able to identify some of those extra issues and address them. And they ended up having a beautiful baby. They came back and she was already around 40 at the time. They came back when she was over 40 and decided to do it again, as many of our patients revisit, you know, the program. And then they, they came through the program and did all the things again and had another beautiful baby girl this time. That's great. So you must really have a lot of people come to you. They've tried a lot of things before that have not worked for them. I mean, many, many different things. I mean, you know, like I, I once treated a lady, in fact, her story I put into my book, Fertility Breakthrough, because it was a really unique story. You know, she had PCOS. She was quite overweight at the time when she first came to see me. But they had been trying, her and, her and her husband had been trying to have a baby for 19 years. Oh, my gosh. And in those 19 years, they had tried three failed IVF cycles. They had done other natural treatments that uh, didn't work for them. And um, what ended up happening was that, you know, we, we obviously focused very heavily on making sure that we optimise both of their health and both of their fertility. Mm -hmm. And within five months of beginning the program, she was actually pregnant after 19 years of wow. no result, you know. So it was a, a wonderful experience for them and certainly very eye-opening for us about, you know, what is possible when you, one, understand exactly what it is that you're treating, what it is that you're dealing with right. and what needs to be done about it. Because there are two very big distinctions that when couples come to us, 40% of couples who fail through conventional standard therapy and treatment are labelled with unexplained infertility. Mm -hmm. Now, unexplained infertility, as far as I'm concerned, is a lazy diagnosis. 
because it does not take into account the fact that there are many different things that could be causing that issue, but nobody really takes the time in standard therapy to go, oh, these are the things that we actually need to identify and ask questions about and answer Mm-hmm. those questions because it's not enough to ask the questions and leave them unanswered you see mm-hmm. that yeah. is how couples end up being diagnosed with unexplained infertility and unexplained infertility it's almost like you you're getting all these darts and you're throwing that at the wall hoping that you're going to hit bullseye uh-huh. at some point right mm-hmm. the likelihood of that happening is not very great and so i don't particularly like that approach i don't particularly like to work in that approach and I like to know exactly what it is that is required for a couple, not just a patient, not just the woman in the fertility equation, because fertility, as I always say, it's a team sport. In order for us to be able to change the outcome, we have two sides of that equation. We need the female factor to work well and we need the male factor to work well. But what happens in standard therapies is the exact opposite. You know, a woman goes through treatment. It's almost like they're going to be given the drugs and be stimulated and eggs be released, uh, you know, uh, collected. And then, of course, the, uh, the husband comes in on a particular day within that whole procedure and almost acts as a, a sperm donor you know, mm-hmm. with his little sample in the jar and then he walks away off happy as Larry and uh, the doctor keeps doing the process on the woman. When it fails, it's like, oh, yeah, your eggs are no good, mm-hmm. right? It's like, no, mm-hmm. hang on a second. <laughs> right. In that entire process, how can it be that that is the only focus? Or even worse, a woman is told at 30 or 35 that she's too old. You know, I mean, geriatric pregnancy is what a woman over 35 is referred to Mm -hmm. uh, when pregnant, you know, Mm -hmm. that she has a geriatric pregnancy. I mean, dear Jesus, (laughs) what is that about? But the reality is, look, I can understand it from a certain extent. Like if we think about it, right, in our previous generations, maybe one or two or three generations ago, women were grandmothers at 30. That is just how it was, right? Right. Women got pregnant at about between 13 and 15. Right. They had, you know, every baby consequently to that. Their child was also pregnant around the same time, which made made most women, grandmothers at 30, sure, they still continue to have subsequent children, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't when they started. And these days, the average age of a woman starting to try to conceive is over 30. So I can understand how that may have come into cultural consciousness and societal consciousness as being the case. But at the same time, we also need to understand that our life expectancy has doubled or tripled, you know, in that time. And it will increase even further as, you know, we progress in the next 20 years due to research and, and many other, you know, discoveries that we are still to have, some that we've had and research that's ongoing and new discoveries that I'm sure will will, um, will occur. But there is a, a prediction that in the next 20 years, our, our life expectancy is going to increase by at least 10 years. Wow. Which means that ultimately, whatever it is that we are now, let's say people are living to their 80s and 90s, you know, we're going to be living past 100. And... That has not necessarily translated into our reproductive window and mm-hmm. our reproductive health. See, at 40, most women are beginning to, you know, kind of, I guess, 
really have a much lesser ability to conceive and carry a pregnancy to term. Certainly by the age of 45, we are very unlikely to be able to conceive naturally with one's own eggs. Right. Unless, of course, there were procedures done beforehand that, you know, to, to ensure that that happens. But, you know, for the majority of women, by 50, absolutely will be, you know, menopausal and, and most, most likely unable to conceive and take a healthy pregnancy to term. Again, it happens. I, you know, in my career of 20 years, I've seen one 51-year-old get pregnant without actually trying and have a healthy baby. But it's not a common thing. It's not the thing that happens. But if you think about it, that, you know, a woman will have, let's say in this day and age from 20-something, because most women want to focus on their careers and want to focus on, you know, the studies these days and, and do other things with their lives. Let's say that from about 25 to the age of about 40, 42, 43 mm. is our reproductive age and our reproductive window. And the fact that we're going to be living for more than 50 years after that mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. tells us that, you know, it's, it's, it, it is a little bit of an imbalance that happens in life that is still to be rectified. There is definitely some interesting research going on right now that could potentially extend female fertility beyond that age but you know it's still very preliminary and there's still a lot of further research that's going to be required in order for active interventions to be developed you Got know for, for the benefit of population before i ask this next question i want to make it clear that gabriella your entire business is virtual isn't it you're working yes, with, you're yes. working with and i'm not going to say women you're working with couples all with over couples. the world yeah, yeah. This, this really is a yes as you say a team sport i like that analogy there so yeah, guys absolutely. guys if you're listening uh you would need to expect to give more than just a sample if you come oh, to yes. see gabriella <laughs> so <laughs> tell us about your treatment protocol and how it, how it is you work with people when they come to you we use an integrative medicine approach which means okay. that we are using environmental, dietary, lifestyle, holistic medicine, mm -hmm. lifestyle medicine in conjunction with standard therapy and diagnostics, right? So we may or may not, uh, for the majority of our patients, we actually will use all of the holistic medicine processes that we utilize for our patients and take them from where they are to where they want to be, i.e. holding the healthy baby of their dreams in their arms without requiring IVF and or other standard therapy. But for some of our patients, like for example, you know, we had one woman who was trying for I think about 15 years and her, and she had really, you know, tried every possible thing, including multiple failed cycles of donor egg. Mm -hmm. And her and her husband really, they knew that they really wanted to have a baby and they wanted to do everything they possibly could to increase their chances of that working. And they found us much later in life, you know, and they knew that they were going to use donor egg for that purpose of having a baby. And we put in place all of the things that we would put in place for all of our patients, you know, really mm -hmm. looking at all of those different aspects and variables that we can modify. And we also utilize donor egg. So last year she had at the age of 58, 
a beautiful baby girl, you know, in that process after, absolutely, after many, many years of failed treatments and failed donor egg cycles and, you know, major things that didn't work for them. Right. So we will blend therapies where necessary. We will blend treatments where it's required, but it's we, we will always start by looking at what are the modifiable risk factors to disease and to outcome that we can leverage. You know, what are the levers we can pull and play with that will give us a different result? And when we find why we have this problem, you know, what is the root cause of the problem, we then focus on addressing those issues. So to kind of give you a high-level overview, I always talk about the fact that fertility, infertility, recurrent miscarriage, you know, it's an end result what we see when we, you know, are able to say, oh, somebody's infertile or I've had recurrent miscarriages, we're seeing an outcome of a biochemical chain reaction that starts much, much sooner, all the way, you know, kind of up here, so to speak, right. of that kind of, you know, transition. And in between, there will be obstacles to optimum fertility. There will be minor factors, as I call them, that will play a role, whether it is that we have poor sperm parameters or we have low ovarian reserve or we have egg quality issues which some women do have mm-hmm. or nutritional deficiencies or whatever it is right any imbalance in biochemistry that is leading to the outcome that we have we need to be able to understand what they are so that we can change that result we can change that outcome to create something different which is what we want right so in terms of a process We are very systematic and very methodical in looking for where are the gaps and where are the places of opportunity Mm -hmm. so that we may bridge those gaps and create pathways through those biochemical channels that are going to give us a different outcome and a different result. So there is no one-size-fits-all approach Mm -hmm. in the way that we treat. Yes, there is a framework. You know, we start at the top and we go through and we make sure that we rule out all of the things that we need to understand and all the things that we need to know. Right. And that most importantly, we answer those questions that we ask and we understand what questions we need to ask. But at the end of the day, it's going to depend on what presents in front of us and what we find as well as a result of going through that process. Because sometimes we might start with a picture and we'll end with a completely different picture mm-hmm. that we did not understand was even present in that case until we began the process. So that's really what it entails. It's been very uh, process-focused around biochemistry, but then really having a very foundational support on the emotional component of this journey because for so many couples, this, as you can imagine, Jonathan, you know, infertility is something that is highly stigmatised. It is highly emotional. For a couple who wishes to have a baby, it is their entire focus for so many years and they keep being told you're running out of time, you're running out of time and they're doing all the things that they know and that they can and still they're getting nowhere. So it becomes a highly stressful situation for a couple who truly wants to have a baby. So we need to also take into account those heavy and high emotions that are likely to be present as part of the process so that we can mitigate the effect also of stress on biochemistry and address, you know, the quality of life of a couple going through this very challenging journey. 
You mentioned diagnostics. So if I'm living in, uh, let's say, Florida, and you're headquartered in Australia, how do I? How do? How are diagnostics handled? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So the way we do it is quite simple. We go through first and foremost and figure out exactly what's required. Then we will write a letter of referral for those tests and we'll either send them directly to a, a lab to have the tests done that we need done or mm-hmm. we will liaise with a local doctor for that particular couple to be able to get those tests done. There are also tests that we can do by test kits these days. And so we can just send a test kit, they collect the sample, they send it off and we get sent the results. So it's quite simple, you know, like this is one of the wonderful things of of technology and transport because we became virtual, fully virtual in 2013. So in 2020, when everybody had to shut down and clinics shut down and patients had no access to treatment and, you know, all of these things were happening and we were already like going, okay, well, this is another day in the office, you know, for us. So all of our patients were continuing to have, you know, uninterrupted treatment throughout the entire pandemic, whereas their local clinics had interrupted treatment because they couldn't deliver it in the way that they would normally deliver. Let me ask another question. You mentioned before the emotional component of this and the stress and, and its effect on biochemistry. And I hear so many stories of people who tried and tried and tried for a number of years and they stopped trying and then they got pregnant. My question is, you're, you're a naturopathic doctor, how much do lifestyle nutrition play in the process of, of fertility and, and becoming pregnant? Let's put it this way. The vast majority of what it is that we do is focused on lifestyle nutrition, but really, and when I say lifestyle nutrition, it's about the pieces that will optimize biochemistry and correct misfunctioning or dysfunctioning biochemistry. Right. And they are different because basically sometimes things just occur, you know, that ultimately uh, you don't expect. And sometimes you know what it is that you're doing and it occurs because you are doing something, for example, smoking. Mm-hmm. You know that you are likely to end up with some kind of disease from smoking. And at the same time, you don't know that you might um, end up with some kind of disease from eating human meats. Right. Although both of those things are exposures. And they both have chemicals that will negatively impact reproductive function, fertility, and so on. And that will negatively impact biochemistry first and foremost before it ends up affecting the outcome, which is infertility and miscarriage, right? So there is a process in that. And the key aspect I think that lots of people don't quite realise is that there is very little in what we do in our day-to-day that has a neutral effect on our health. Mm. Most things that we do in our day-to-day will either have a positive effect or a negative effect. There is very, very little that has a neutral effect. Got it. Except that we don't really look at life and lifestyle and environment and diet in that way, mm-hmm. right? So this is one, and sometimes people don't even realise where their exposures lie. For example... If you go to a supermarket and you pay your bill and you get a receipt and you take that home, you don't understand that you've just been exposed to major levels of BPAs, bisphenols, by holding and handling that receipt. Really? Now imagine if on the way, absolutely. Now imagine if on the way to the food to, to your house from the supermarket, you end up at the food court. So you go to the food court and you handle your food without uh, washing your hands, which, you know, incidentally, I've seen many people do. If you do that, all of a sudden, you've just taken a huge intake of um, BPAs, bisphenols, 
ingested in your digestive system from that activity. Now, those bisphenols, phthalates, bisphenols, anything that is plastic and that has a plastic component is going to fall into this category, basically is going to have an endocrine disruptive function. Okay, mm. And in that, all of a sudden, that exposure has had some effect on your reproductive function and your fertility. And I can guarantee it's not neutral. And I can guarantee it's not positive. Right. So you, you see? work with couples in, in getting the, the positive effects on their lifestyle and it, as they go through the process with you to become more Absolutely. aware of how to live healthily so that they can get pregnant. Yeah, and that's one component. You know, that's literally one tiny little component, but that adds up right. to a big piece of sure. that, you know, kind of outcome and result that you are dealing with. But, you know, so it's really looking for and addressing and understanding all of the places where this might be happening because it might be happening in a test result that you've had and that the doctor says, oh, yeah, all of the results are normal. And you think nothing more of it because you've just been told that all your results are normal. And then we go and we look at it and we have a look at a thyroid function test. And the range is, you know, for TSH is between 0.5 and 5. We know that anything above 2.3 will lead to recurrent miscarriage. And a person's level was 3.2. They were told that it's normal. It's all normal. Mm -hmm. But they keep having miscarriages. Mm -hmm. Why? Because it's not actually optimal. It mm -hmm. might be normal, but for that person, it's having a negative effect. We're talking with Gabriella Rosa. She's the founder and director of fertilitybreakthrough.com. She's a naturopathic doctor and fertility specialist. She's also a master's in public health. We'll be talking more with Gabriella after these messages. So stay with us. We've got a lot more interesting information to come to you. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel with a replay on Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you know that over 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce with twice the unemployment rate of the non-disabled? Join Joyce Bender, CEO of Bender Consulting Services and a disability leader as she talks about best practices and newest trends in disability employment on Disability Matters. As a person living with epilepsy and hearing loss, Joyce is an international advocate for disability employment. Tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. 
Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD, using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now, back to this week's show. So welcome back to Go to Health. We're talking with Gabriela Rosa of FertilityBreakthrough.com. She's a naturopathic doctor and fertility specialist. I want to find out more, Gabriela, about your background and how you got into this line of work. You're a world-known specialist in fertility. You've been doing it for 20 years. Tell us a little story about how you got here. Yeah, gosh, you know, like, I almost feel like I need to go back to once upon a time, there was a little <laughs> girl who was born, you know, but uh, I, I think it's really interesting how in life things just happen in ways that are so unexpected. You know, I always knew from going to school, one of my favorite subjects was biology. I knew that I wanted to do something that was related in, in that field. So I decided that I wanted to study still in the health field. Mm-hmm. And I started to look at the different options that I had. And nutrition was something that really interested me. So I started studying nutrition. And at the same time, I was working for an obstetrician gynecologist in a clinic as the assistant practice manager throughout my entire schooling and my entire career, very quickly I realized that diet alone wasn't going to be enough to modify disease. Right. Even though in the long term, it certainly causes disease, but I needed something that was going to be a little bit more effective in the short term. So I decided to look into the naturopathic mm-hmm. doctor degree and I felt that that was something that I really, you know, could relate to. And I started, as soon as I started studying it, I loved it. I fell in love with herbal medicines and all of the amazing things that I could see that they would do. And I started practicing on myself first and seeing mm-hmm. the results and the benefits for myself. And then obviously my patients over time. And I knew very, very early on that I wanted to specialize in something. I always was very passionate about helping people. But then I asked myself a question, okay, well, I still love babies. I still wanted to do something related to babies. And I thought, okay, what conversation can I see myself having for the next 20 years Mm -hmm. happily? Mm-hmm. You know, that mm-hmm. was the thing that I really questioned myself about because I was like, I, I don't want to work because it's a drudgery and it's a drag and I want to be, I want to feel passionate about what I do. Sure. And so what conversation can I still feel myself or see myself being passionate about 
20 years on. Mm -hmm. And clearly, I don't have to tell you that this is the one because yes. I still am so passionate about it right. you know, over 20 years on now. Uh, but that's how I decided to, to really kind of focus everything that I was studying and everything that I was doing, you know, into it. Then in 2010, which is about a decade after I graduated, I decided to do a master's in um, uh, reproductive health and human genetics. And so reproductive medicine and human genetics, actually. And so I did that and then I finished that. And then another five years later, I decided to do my master's in public health because I wanted to take this message to a much bigger audience Good for you. and to understand how to do that on a scientific level because there isn't right. a lot of research that's done in naturopathic medicine that is, you know, strong research. And I wanted to be able to actually make a contribution and to add value to that segment of, of uh, naturopathic medicine. So I've actually also started a research foundation this year and we are starting to conduct, you know, research and studies on exactly the types of things that we do for our patients in terms of treatment and interventions and, you know, all, all of the above. That's great. I share, I share the passion. I, um, what I'm really, uh, what I love to do is get information, you know, helpful information that can help people out to large audiences. So I really yeah, understand that passion. And I'm so glad we're, we're talking about this today. So when people work with you, Gabriella, or come to your organization, you have an organ, you have how many people working with you? On staff? I have about 40 staff now. 40. And yeah. so how much exposure do they get to you versus your other staff members? Are there, are there other doctors on staff? Tell us a little yes. about, about how yes, your clinic yes. works. So these days I focus my attention a whole lot more. I have a clinical director who focuses solely on the technical aspects of treatments and she's been with me for the last decade. So we've you know developed a lot of the treatment um, mm -hmm the fine-tuning of the treatment aspects uh, further in that last 10 years under her guidance and her, certainly under her tenure. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, you know, we then, I'm the program director now, so I oversee all the treatments in the practice and I make sure that all of the strategic pieces that need to be in place mm -hmm. are actually in place. But it's actually the clinical director's role to oversee all of the primary practitioner, all, the, all of the clinicians right. in the program and ensure that they are consistent and effective and efficient at delivering our treatment program, you know, our treat treatment methodology. Right. So it no longer relies on me to be able to deliver that treatment methodology, which is wonderful because it frees me up to go and start research foundations and, mm -hmm. you know, to do all of these other things. Even though I'm still very much the person who will have all of the initial conversations with patients as part of couples wanting to join the program, I assess every case to figure out, can we be of assistance? And it's not because the case is easy or hard. All of our cases are complex. Mm -hmm. right? All of our cases are really, you know, challenging. It's more about what we've identified. It's actually about whether two people are willing to do the work mm. and follow through a proven process that we know works, mm. right? If two people are willing to do it, we know that we're going to get better results. Can you describe some of the work that you, you know, need people to do? I know it's very case-based, but just give me some examples. I mean, how much Absolutely. time and, and, and you know, lifestyle change or whatever it is. Time is really not, it's no extra time, really, because mm -hmm. what happens is everybody eats. 
mm-hmm. everybody's still going to eat, right? right? The time to make that happen is going to be the same. It's just that what we focus on, for, for example, I'll just give an example of diet because that's what, you know, sometimes people can relate to easily. If we're going to have a diet that optimizes fertility, optimizes health and optimizes fertility, we want to ensure that that diet is based on vegetables and good quality protein wherever possible. Mm -hmm. If we can, we want to make sure that it's organic wherever possible. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that whatever, like I often talk about, you know, these three steps from field to plate that I prefer that my patients have. So, for example, let's take corn on a cob as an example. If we are to have one step from field to plate, we literally get the corn on the cob and we might steam it or boil it and we put it on the plate and you can fully recognise that food. You can see it on your plate like it would be practically like it would be in the, in field. the field. Right. Right. And so that's one step from field to plate. The second that you get that corn and you do exactly the same thing, but then you cut the kernels off the cob and you put it through a salad, that's two steps. You can still see it. You can semi-recognize it. You know exactly what it is, but that's two steps from field to plate. There was a processing that was done there. Then if you take that and you put it into a blender, you've got cream corn. That's three steps from field to plate. You can recognize it. You can taste it pretty well. But then you know that, you know, it's no longer exactly how it was in the field. Mm -hmm. but it's still quite low process. Mm -hmm. You then take that and you create twisties that comes in the bag full of BPAs and, you know, all sorts of chemicals added to it and flavorings and, and, you know, whatever else. I mean, that's probably 20 steps from field to plate. You no longer recognize that food. And it's, for the most part, highly toxic. So we want to avoid those multi-stage and multi-step processes as much as we possibly can. And hence why we would literally look at it and go, all right, so if we can focus on having no more than three steps from field to plate, we are going to be biochemically much better served. Okay, so that's one one kind of example. With the example that I gave earlier, looking at the toxins that are present in our day-to-day environment, you know, from things that you handle to things that you ingest to things that you put on your body, all of those things, all of those pieces are going to make a difference in Mm -hmm. terms of how a patient will respond. But also it's dose and response sensitive because think about it from this perspective. We all know, you know, anybody listening to this, if I was to say, have you ever heard of a a story of a person who, you know, you know, or you know someone who knows who has never smoked a day in their life and died of lung cancer? Mm -hmm. Most people will say, yeah, I do. Have you ever heard of a person who's a chain smoker who has never developed lung cancer? Yeah, I do. Actually, I have an uncle like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and I go, my, how is that even possible? The man who like smokes four packets of cigarette a day and he's still <laughs> upright after 50 years of doing that, you know. But the reality is that this is epigenetics. And what it tells us is that the environment, you know, it's, there's always um, this saying that the genes are the gun and, you know, the, 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 sorry, the genes load the gun and the environment pulls the trigger. Right. So in this kind of example, the environment might be whatever it is, but one person will respond or react to that environment in one way and another person will respond or react in another way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for one person who may, 
you know, the, their sensitivities or susceptibilities might be their digestive system or it might be their lungs or it might be their brain or, you know, you name it. For another person, their susceptibility is their reproductive system. So two people might do exactly the same things. You know, they might smoke and do drugs, you know, shoot up heroin, whatever it is. One person will get pregnant by just having sex one time. Another person will basically develop, you know, whatever kind of other disease as uh -huh. a result of that, right? So it's not the same for every person how they're going to actually respond to an exposure. And that's what most people often when it comes to challenging fertility uh, kind of situations or difficulties, they feel like, oh, you know, why is it that I have to do all of these things and make changes to my day-to-day, -to, -day, to my lifestyle, to what I do, and to get pregnant when my sister, my uncle, my, you know, grandmother, whatever, they didn't do any of these things and they got pregnant. Right. Well, this is why. Right. Because your body is responding differently to, you know, how their body is responding. And I, and personally, you know, and for my patients, I say this to them all the time. I say there is absolutely zero point in comparing yourself to right. those people. Because if you were those people, you would have already been pregnant and nothing, you know, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But you're not, which means that we need a different approach for what's going on for you. Mm -hmm. And we can make that approach be extremely effective if we actually understand what it is that your body needs versus what their body needed. Got it. So what, what I'm hearing you say when you interview a couple or your staff interviews a couple that's interested in working with you, you really want to know that they're going to be able to follow through and do the things you're recommending so that they can have success um, and, and feel some, you know, feel like they've been successful in something they're really heart, you know, heart set on, on trying to do. You want to make sure you're, you've got the right people who are going to work the program with you. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, what I find, Jonathan, is that it's much more about willingness than ability. Ah. You know, because what happens is that when a person is willing to learn and to make adjustments and to adapt, mm -hmm. it's seamless, right? right. We just, we, we get in there, we do what we need to do. If they resist, if they're unwilling, if, you know, they feel like this is not what they want to do, it's always a pain. It's like the story of Sisyphus, you know, the man who was condemned for the rest of his life to push the big boulder up the hill right. only to get up there and it rolls, rolls all the way down, down the hill again. Right. Right? right? So that's what I don't want to do with my life. <laughs> right. I don't blame <laughs> in, you. In onboarding people into my program that are going to be Sisyphus, you know, like in my life. Right. So I prefer to talk to people and, you know, kind of get people into a process they are willing to make part of their life because they know that it's going to benefit them, it's right. going to benefit each other, it's going to benefit the higher good, and it's going to benefit their offspring in the long term. And as a result, it's going to benefit generations because, you see, your health today and my health today was what our grandparents were doing. Uh-huh. And that genetic imprinting that gets passed through generations is going to actually make a huge difference to a person's life and susceptibilities and, you know, health in the long term in multiple subsequent generations. So, you know, just to think about it, that, you know, I was in my grandmother's womb 
when my mom was in her womb. Right. You know, w- women are born with all the eggs that we will ever have. So you were in your in your, in your on your in your grandmother's womb mm-hmm. when your mother was in in her womb. You know, it's, it's like it's that kind of understanding that we need to have that it's we're not doing this just for us. We're doing this for our children and for our children's children and for their children's children. Right. So so I want to play up a couple of things here that you've talked about, which are we have our genetics, but our genetics do not determine our future. Right. It's really what we do with our genetics and what you call the epigenetics, which is kind of the environment that you're in and the lifestyle you're living. And what and and knowing that that has an effect on the health of your health. um, You want to know that you're working with people and you made another distinction, which is important. They may um, their ability may not be there when you begin with them, but you want to know that their willingness is there so that you and they are not rolling the, the stone uphill. Absolutely, absolutely. Because then, and and they have to be on the same page, you know, both partners, because again, fertility is a team sport. Both partners have to be on the same page about the fact that they don't have to be on the same line on the same page, but they have to be in the general same page. Right. right? Because otherwise, if one person is on page one and the other person is on page 203, we're going to be having like, there's going to be a lot of issues. Good. Right. So we want them to be on the same page and that they're willing to actually project together towards the place that they want to go as opposed to one holding the other up or sabotaging the process or just, you know, overall not actually being helpful in helping a couple achieve the outcome that they want combined together. So we're talking with Gabriella Rosa. She's giving us a wonderful exposition of the kind of services that she provides for people um, who are having trouble with fertility or miscarriages. I, boy, I highly recommend you get in uh, touch with Gabriella. We'll be talking about that in our next segment. So stay with us, how you can work with her uh, clinic. It's fertilitybreakthrough.com. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel with a replay on Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you know that over 70% of people with disabilities are not counted in the workforce with twice the unemployment rate of the non-disabled? Join Joyce Bender, CEO of Bender Consulting Services and a disability leader as she talks about best practices and newest trends in disability employment on Disability Matters. As a person living with epilepsy and hearing loss, Joyce is an international advocate for disability employment. Tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world. 
50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD, using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Go to Health Radio. To reach Jonathan Marks or his guest expert on the live program, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jonathan Marks at gotohealthmedia.com. Now, back to this week's show. Okay, this is Jonathan Marks. We're back with Go to Health, and we're talking today with Gabriella Rosa. She's a naturopathic physician. She's a fertility specialist and also a master's in public health because she wants to get her word out to larger audiences. Good for you, Gabriella. Her, her practice is located in Australia, but the practice is entirely virtual. So you can work with Gabriella and her staff anywhere in the world. And she's done that in over 100 countries on every continent of this globe. Gabriella, welcome back. What I want to talk about in this last segment here is how people can get engaged with you. They can visit sure. your website at fertilitybreakthrough.com. Tell us what can they do when they arrive at the website? What are the different either diagnosis they do or assessments or programs they can get involved with? Share yeah, information absolutely. about that. At fertility people will have lots of opportunity to engage with all of our education and services. And one of the first things that I would highly recommend people do is actually get a, a copy of my book, Fertility Breakthrough Overcoming Infertility and Recurrent Miscarriage When Other Treatments Have Failed. Now, we are more than happy to ship that and, and gift any of your listeners you know, uh, a free book if they so wish. Wow. The other thing, and yeah, so then they can just go on. We can put this on the show, note, show notes and, you know, they can just go to the website and request it and we'll send it free of charge. Wonderful. The other thing that is available to people is the book is available on audio in every audiobook platform and free on Spotify. So for anyone who has a Spotify account, they can just go in there and listen, you know, completely free of charge. 
so if they prefer to listen versus read and so on. So those are two kind of very easy things that people can do. The other thing that is also wonderful and one of our highlight flagship programs, which is completely free online, is the Fertility Challenge program. The Fertility Challenge is the program that has now taken over 140,000 people in more than 110 countries through, and it's a 12-day event that, you know, literally every single day we are guiding people through, you know, specific pieces of education and a task that they can do and implement straight away to begin optimizing their fertility over a 12-day period. So it's a wonderful, wonderful event for people to get, you know, understanding, but also to be able to start to implement things that are going to help them mm-hmm. and their outcome. Mm-hmm. So those are free, free options and things that people can participate in. There is also a fertility diagnostic test score, which is something that they can access in our, on our website. And I often talk about the fact that what people don't realize is that at peak fertility, a couple has an average of three months' time to pregnancy. And literally, it's have sex, get pregnant, have a baby done, we're no longer having this conversation. When we're still having this conversation, we need to understand what are the obstacles to optimum fertility or what are the minor factors. And we know from epidemiological research and population studies around the globe, when we add just one minor factor to the equation, it might be, say, PCOS or poor ovarian reserve or low sperm count, you know, you add just one of those to the equation, we go from an average of three months' time for pregnancy to an average of two years. And so there's a huge for, compounding. Excuse me, what's PCOS for people who don't know? Oh, polycystic, know. Po- sorry, <laughs> polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is, you know, it's one of the most, uh, it's basically one of the biggest causes of infertility in women oh, wow. of the reproductive age. So 15% of the female population in the world are affected by PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. So it causes irregular cycles and Ah. inability to ovulate regularly. So that's how it causes infertility. But, you know, when we add either one of those things, you know, it might be PCOS or it might be sperm or it might be whatever else to that equation, we compound the time to pregnancy from three months to two years. So there's a huge compounding effect that goes on there. You add a second to the equation. So let's say we have PCOS and then we add sperm function issues. Mm -hmm. We go from an average of two years to seven years. And a third minor factor gives us an average of 40 years time to pregnancy. No one has 40 years to get pregnant, right? And so that's why we need to understand what are we dealing with specifically and how do we address it? And so if they go and take the fertile diagnostic test, they will come up with a fertile diagnostic test score and they will understand the number of minor factors that are present in their case, the categories in which they're found. And that's going to help to understand what are the pieces, what are the areas that you need to address. Then finally, if people want to have, you know, further discussion and have a one-on-one conversation with my team and have me specifically assess their case, they will then um, have to put in their details. My team will give them a call. They will then go through some of basic and primary information about what their situation is and where they're at. They will then, if it's appropriate, they will schedule a time for me to have a conversation with them. They will be asked to complete a very detailed questionnaire that will help me to understand more about their case. And then we are able to have a a conversation together and figure out what are the best next steps forward. And, you know, I don't offer a place in the program for every couple I speak to. Sometimes it's not appropriate and they need to do something else. And I will then guide them accordingly. Uh, But for the people who I feel and they feel it's a good fit for us to work together, then we can start that discussion on how to move forward from there. 
That's great. Into and, the Fertility Breakthrough Program. And um, in the Fertility Breakthrough Program, how, how long a program is that? Is it, did you say how many days? We see, we see that in the Fertility Breakthrough Program, we have noted that we take babies home anytime from between, on average, 16 to 36 months of beginning the process, uh-huh. keeping in mind that we have a nine-month pregnancy in there. So, you know, we haven't yet figured out a way to hack that one. That's how long that one takes. <laughs> the, the preparation can be anywhere between six months or so. And, um, and then basically what happens is that that piece in the middle is the implementation piece where we're still working with biochemistry and we never know how long that's going to take necessarily because sometimes we find things that we need it takes longer to treat or that we need to have you know kind of more um we have to add things to be able to really make an effective difference but you know it's between 16 to 36 months is a, a good average the vast majority of our patients will be pregnant within 12 months of beginning the process wow isn't that amazing? And they might have come oh, to you. They might have come to you having tried, right? Exactly, having you know suffered for three, seven, twenty yeah. years, and they can get yeah. pregnant within a month, uh, within a year. That's yeah. quite amazing. And you have an eighty percent success rate for those people who follow the program. Right? That's exactly right. That's <laughs> right. exactly right. If you don't follow the program, don't expect. Yes. That you're going to get that same live birth rate. Right. Oh, this is so wonderful, Gabrielle. You know, you, you talked about it at the beginning of the show, being infertile or having multiple miscarriages, such a stress and such, oh, such sadness and upset in your life. And not only for you, but, you know, to the extent that your family or loved ones or friends know this, this becomes like a whole community of, of pain and disappointment as you're trying to go through this. And, I just love your dedication and your and your depth of knowledge, and um, you're just obviously so focused on this and trying to help people. I, I really, God bless you for doing the work that you do. I think it's oh, just wonderful. Yeah, great. So we've been talking with Gabriella Rosa. She's a naturopathic physician. She's a fertility specialist. Her website is fertilitybreakthrough.com. Please, if you know of people who are having trouble or concerns, or if you yourself are having trouble, do yourself a favor and go to fertilitybreakthrough.com. Again, her practice is in in Australia. However, her entire practice is virtual online, and she has served clients in over 100 countries. So don't let any of that distance stop you. Just go to the website and get the help you need. Gabriella, I'm so glad to have uh, have you on the show and to share this kind of wonderful, wonderful message. And um, I hope, you know, your business continues to thrive and grow. And I know you, you mentioned before the show that you're actually starting to work on your doctorate. Uh, and what's, yes. that, what's that going to be in? Well, in public health. Public yes, health. So okay. really being able to make healthcare changes, you know, changing healthcare, innovation in healthcare based on all the things that we've learned for reproductive medicine, I think is going to be a wonderful opportunity to, to make a difference there. So yeah, that's, that's my focus. Fabulous. So thanks everybody for listening or watching today. If you want to get updates on our show, you can go to gotohealthmedia.com and then there's a tab that says get updates. You can join our email list and you'll be informed of uh, new shows and our news. And Gabriella, thanks again. 
Um, it was just great being with you today. I learned a lot. You know what I really learned for me? Because I'm not trying to get pregnant. How important it is for me to wash my hands before I eat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Every time. Thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Good. God bless. And uh, we'll stay in touch. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope the show has been helpful, as I always hope it is. We really try to bring on experts who can help you elevate your life with health news you can use. Thanks so much. Take care. Have a good week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Go to Health Radio. Be sure to join Jonathan Marks and another health expert next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You can also catch the program on your favorite podcast platform. Until our next show, be sure to visit us on the web at gotohealthmedia.com and elevate your life.